by this time, he has already done some tremendous miracles, starting to gather a little bit of, fo- of following. And at this point, he has already raised people from the dead. He has already, if you remember, uh, the legion of devils. He has already casted out that legion of devils. You remember he meets that person, and, and they say, legion, because we are many. And he casts them into the swine. The swine run down the hill into the water, and they're choked in the sea. He's already done that. He's already taught many of his great parables at this point. He has already stilled the tempest. You remember when he was in the boat with the disciples and it was the, the boisterous and they were scared and Jesus stood up and he rebuked the wind. He rebuked the sea and it, it made the disciples get frightened because they're like, what kind of man is this? They say, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So all these things had transpired up to this point where Jesus comes back to his hometown of Nazareth. So he he comes back to his hometown. Now we do also know that this is not where he was born. He was born in Bethlehem. But if you remember, he flees Herod to Egypt for a while and then he comes back. So Nazareth is really his hometown because it's kind of where he was raised. His boyhood years, which we don't know a ton about Jesus in the boyhood years, but we know he lived there. It was Sabbath day, and somehow, by invitation or, or whatever reason, Jesus is preaching in the synagogue in his hometown of Nazareth. Now, these hometown folks who are familiar with Jesus, they know who he is, they remember him, they're listening here in the synagogue. He's preaching and teaching, and they're listening, and they're amazed, the Bible says we read through it, they're amazed at his doctrine. They're amazed at his wisdom. They're even amazed at his mighty works. And they're saying, man, where did he get this stuff? How did he get to be like this? But then they start to say, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't isn't Mary his mom? Man, she lived down the block from me. They start to say that he's just a carpenter. Yeah, I used to play with him and his brothers. There they are right there. Man, I know who they are. I remember who this guy is. James, Joseph, Judah, Simon. There's his brothers. I used to hang out with those guys years ago when we were young. And there, right there, is his sisters too. They're sitting right there. We know who this man is. The, the parallel account to this, there's another account in this, in uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 13. It actually says they know who his dad is. At this point, they believe that his dad may have possibly passed away. But they say, hey, that right there, that Jesus, that where, wherever he got all this stuff, his dad's a carpenter. I remember him. He bought, built a porch for me 10 years ago. I know who he is. And then look at the end of verse 3. It says, and they were offended at him. I know who Jesus is. I remember growing up with him. I know for a fact he didn't go to college. He doesn't have a divinity degree. He's from the same neighborhood I am. And you expect me to believe he's the Messiah? Right. He's nothing special. That's Jesus. I remember him when he was young. He's just a carpenter. So what? He's traveled around Galilee a little bit with a few of his buddies. He hasn't traveled abroad. He hasn't seen the world. And yet I'm supposed to believe he's the Messiah. I wonder if he can even write. I wonder, he, he's not a scribe, he's not a Pharisee, he's not a priest, he's never going to be Sanhedrin material, he's nothing special, it's just Jesus. I remember him when he was young. He used to live a couple blocks down the road from me. And they were offended at him. They were offended because of who he was, the claim of who he was. He's not the son of man, he just grew up around the corner from me. Sent from God, Messiah. Yeah, right, more like carpenter from Nazareth. That's about all he is. That's all he amounts to. 
his hometown of Nazareth rejected him. His hometown of Nazareth did not believe in him. He just another face in the crowd, nothing special to see here. Right there's his sister, there's his mom. I ran into her at the grocery store, nothing special to see here. Verse 4, but Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. Matter of fact, to take this a step further, we know for a fact, the Bible teaches us elsewhere, that at this point, some of his own brothers didn't even believe. Some of Jesus' own brothers didn't even believe he was the Messiah. They didn't believe. His own family. But here's what we have to look at today. Here's what we're going to start drawing out of the Bible Let's look at the result of their rejection of Christ. So Nazareth, his own town, very familiar with him, saw him growing up, knew his family, knew his brothers, knew his sisters, knew his dad, knew their occupations. They rejected Jesus. They were offended at him. Let's let's look at the result of that. They, they did not believe in Jesus. They did not believe he was the Messiah. They did not believe he was the Christ. What is the result then of that? Verse 5. And he could there do no mighty work, save lay his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. The result of their unbelief. The result of their rejection of Christ was that Nazareth didn't get any mighty works of God there. None. No mighty works of God in Nazareth. In other villages, which we'll look at here in a moment, thousands of people get saved. Thousands of people hear the gospel and believe. Many people saved, miraculously healed, brought back to life. Nazareth, no. No. And there he could do no mighty work except lay his hand upon a few sick folk and he healed them. There was no move of God in Nazareth. There was no revival in Nazareth. No stirring of God in Nazareth. No whole entire households coming to Christ in Nazareth. No salvations. None of that stuff happened in Nazareth because they didn't believe. They didn't believe. He's not the Messiah. I remember him. I remember him when he was young. Anyone remember what happened when Jesus met the Samaritan woman at the well? I like that. I remember it was part of the Chosen series. I kind of like that little part when Jesus... Remember, as a matter of fact, the, the disciples didn't even really want a ghost to Samaria. If, if you know any, just a little bit of biblical history, there was actually some racial tension between the Samaritans and the Jews. The Samaritans were actually a sect of Jews, but they had this centuries-old disagreement that caused there to be some tensions. The Samaritans believed this, and the Jews believed that. Certain place where the Temple Mount should be. And they did not like each other. And Jesus travels to Samaria, and his disciples, what are we doing here? We don't even like these people. But I want to contrast here. So we see Nazareth rejecting Jesus. The Bible says, And there he could do no mighty work except lay his hand on a few sick folks. Now he comes to Samaria and he he meets this woman at the well. And he kind of speaks over her, kind of prophesies in a way. He reveals who he is, that he's Christ. He reveals this to her. If you remember, Jesus says, Thou hast had five husbands, and the one that you're with now, he's not your husband. 
And this lady's like, holy moly, how does this guy know all this stuff? The Bible says that many from Samaria believed on him because of what the woman goes back and tells them. He told me all that I ever did. She goes and tells these people. John chapter 4, verse 39. And many of the Samaritans... Now, as we read this, keep in mind those Nazarenes who rejected Jesus. There was no great mighty works done there. But look at the Samaritans. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman, which testified, he told me all that I ever did. Verse 40 says, so when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them, and he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. And the Samaritans said unto the woman, Now we believe, not just because of your saying, for we have heard him ourselves and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Do you see the difference between what happened in Nazareth and what happens here in Samaria? Revivals breaking out in Samaria where they didn't even get along with the Jews. There were these racial tensions. But they believed in Jesus. And the power of the gospel and the power of salvation was enough to overcome these divisions that they had. They, they end up begging him to stay longer. The Samaritans say to Jesus, this Jew, they, they beg him, hey, stay, abide here with us. And it says Jesus stayed there two more days with them. They, they begged him to stay longer. But in his own hometown of Nazareth, no revival. No revivals happen. No salvations. No entire villages coming to Christ. No opening of the blind eyes. No one begging him to stay longer. No one in Nazareth saying, Jesus, abide with us. Stay with us. Teach us. Let's hear more. None of that going on in Nazareth. Just a few six folks got healed. And that's all they got. No great, mighty works of God. Why? Because they didn't believe. They didn't believe. They didn't believe in who he was. They didn't believe that he was what he said he was. They just didn't believe. And there he could do no mighty works save that he laid his hand on a few sick folks and he healed them. Now, I don't want anyone to be confused about the sovereignty of God here. This is a point that needs cleared up very quickly. God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, whether people believe in or not believe in. He can. Okay, so the, it, it, it isn't that the Lord couldn't do any mighty works there, like, like he was unable to or something, or like Jesus didn't have the power to. That, that's not the truth. Like his hands were tied because there wasn't enough people that believed or they didn't have the right amount of faith. It wasn't that. That's not the reason. He can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, wherever he wants. But the reason why he didn't do any mighty works there is very simple. Because they didn't want him to do any mighty works. They didn't believe. They didn't believe. These Nazarenes, they weren't begging, heal my son, he, he's sick and he's dying. Heal my daughter, she's possessed. Heal, heal my uncle, he's getting ready to pass away. Heal this blind person, he can't see from birth. It doesn't record any of that in Nazareth. They're, they're hearing him preach. They're like, I know who he is. That's Jesus. He, he's a son of the carpenter. He's a carpenter himself. I, remember, I saw him on a couple jobs a while back. And they were offended at him. These Nazarenes, they're not even asking for God to do great things. 
Oh, Lord, send revival. That's not the Nazarene. They're not asking for revival. They're not asking for salvation. They're not asking to see the way of truth. None of that. They were offended at him. They didn't believe. Pure and simple, they didn't believe. They were offended. Jesus, he's not special. Mark chapter 6, verse 6 says, And he marveled, and Jesus marveled because of their unbelief, and he went around the villages teaching. This is the carpenter. Come on, man. I went to school with his brother. He is the Messiah. He's no Christ. And they were offended at him. These people, pure and simply, did not believe. And because of their unbelief, they got no mighty works done there. No mighty works recorded in this Mark chapter 6 of these great things. None. Did not happen. And it is not because God couldn't do it. He, it's not because he couldn't do these mighty works. It's because he wouldn't do it because of their unbelief. They didn't want him to do great works there. They didn't hope for him to do great works there. They didn't ask him to do great mighty things there. They didn't desire him to do many things there. Elsewhere in the Bible, you see people coming to God asking for things, desiring things, wanting things. Stay with us, Jesus. Jesus, look, come to my daughter. She needs you, Lord Jesus. Not in Nazareth. They didn't have entire villages coming to the saving knowledge of the gospel like Samaria because they didn't want to. They didn't want it. They rejected it. They saw the same things everyone else saw. They just said, nah, we don't believe. No thanks. I'll take a pass. Thanks, Jesus. You're a nice guy. I remember you from back in the day. I wish you well. But no thanks. Be on your way. They didn't beg Jesus to abide with them because they didn't want him to. Nazareth's attitude towards Jesus is, Jesus, you can come or you can go. doesn't make no difference to us. Whatever. The, the parallel account I mentioned earlier in Matthew chapter 13, it actually states it very plainly. Matthew chapter 13 verse 58 says, And Jesus did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. The direct reason is because they did not believe. They didn't believe he could do these things. Nope, nope. No amount of evidence could convince them that Jesus was who he said he was. They didn't believe. And because of that, no great things were done in Nazareth. The reason is not because God couldn't, but it's because the people of Nazareth were unwilling. They were unwilling. Unwilling to ask, unwilling to hope, unwilling to pray for it. You know, these things in the Bible are meant for us to take them and to practically apply them to our lives. Amen? So, so as we preach this and we see what happens to Nazareth, we, we take this to ourselves. I ask you today, are you willing? Do, do you believe? Are you praying and believing, God, you can? I know you can. Lord, I've got unsaved families. I've got unsaved neighbors. I've got people that have hard hearts in my life. Do you believe? Do you believe? Do you believe that he can? Do you believe that he is able? Do you believe? Very simple. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. You know, the Bible says, and he marveled. This is talking about Christ. 
and he marveled because of their unbelief. I, I named this sermon this morning, Marvelous Unbelief. Because they unbelieved, they, they didn't believe Christ so much so that it made Jesus go, wow. You know what it means to, to marvel at something? It's, it's a kind of like to be astonished, to, to be amazed at, at something, to, to marvel at something. It's almost like to wonder about it. Their unbelief was, was so deep-rooted that it made Jesus go, wow, wow. It, it made Jesus amazed. Jesus was astonished at the unbelief in his own hometown. Now, why was he astonished? Why did he marvel? The answer is right there for us in verse 2. Look back at verse 2 of our opening text in Mark 6. It says, when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, from whence hath this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Do you understand? There, there's our answer right there. Jesus marveled at their unbelief because they heard with their own ears the wisdom of Jesus. They saw with their own eyes undoubt, this undoubtedly convincing preaching from Jesus Christ. Awesome, solid doctrine from Jesus Christ. Waterproof apologetics from Jesus Christ. They saw it. They heard it. They were there themselves. They witnessed these things. They even saw His great mighty works wrought by His hands and still did not believe. So much so that it made Jesus say, wow, wow. I marvel at your unbelief because they saw these things with their own eyes. It was a city that was dead set against the gospel of Jesus. He marveled because they saw all this, yet they still did not believe. Simply put, they didn't believe because they didn't want to believe. No matter what they heard, no matter what they saw, no matter how good Jesus' preaching was, no matter what evidence he presented to them, it wasn't enough to convince them they just did not believe. Now, I'd like to look at the difference between them, Nazareth, where no great mighty works of God were done, and, and a few other people who did believe on him. How about the woman, you remember the woman with the issue of blood 12 years? Remember her? If you read through your Gospels, you'll, you'll come across her. It's in the previous chapter of Mark. In Mark chapter 5, verse 28, the Bible says, For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. That's belief, brothers and sisters. That's, that is an individual that believes he is who he said he is. That is an individual who believes he is able. That is an individual that believes in the personhood of Jesus Christ. If, if She says to herself, if I can just touch his garment, not speak to him, not stand before him, not even ask him, if I can just touch something, an article of his clothing, then I believe in him so much so that healing virtue will flow from him into me. And it will heal me of my conditions that no doctor in the world could save me from. That's belief, brothers and sisters. She believed and she was made whole. Note the difference between her, the woman with the issue of blood 12 years, and the Nazarenes. They ain't saying to themselves, if I can just touch him. No, they were offended. Not just Jesus. This woman believed and she was made whole. What happened to Nazareth? 
and there he could do no mighty works. How about Jairus? Remember Jairus had the daughter that was getting ready to die. She was so sick and getting ready to die. Mark chapter 5 verse 22. Let's look at his attitude. And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. Brothers and sisters, this is another example of a man who believed. Jairus believed. He said, he falls at his feet. This is a man of respect and dignity, a ruler of the synagogue. He sees Jesus and falls at his feet and beseeches him greatly, the Bible says. He desires something of Jesus. He's reaching out, Jesus, I need something. I need something and I believe you can do it. The exact opposite of what Nazareth did. Nazareth said, hey, Jesus, you can come and you can go. Good preaching. I don't know where you got it from. I don't know how you can do these things, but no thanks. And there he could do no mighty works. But here Jairus is is reaching to Jesus. I need you. I'm desperate. My daughter, she's dying. And his daughter was made whole. What's the difference between the two? One believed and one didn't believe. One received a mighty work of God. And one received very little from God. God's able in, in both. God is willing. But the other parties have to be willing. Jairus was willing. Nazareth wasn't. Do you see the difference? Do you see the the, the difference that's manifesting itself to us out of the word this morning? If you believe, all things are possible. Jairus believed. This is a man that believed and his daughter was restored whole. How about good old blind Bartimaeus? Mark chapter 10 verse 47 And when blind Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. Be quiet, blind Bartimaeus. Jesus is coming through. Nobody wants to talk to you, you bum. Be quiet. But he cried out all the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. This is a man that believed. This is a man that says, hey, this person can cure my condition. This person can help me. This person has the answer that I seek. Blind Bartimaeus cried out all the more, even though they told him, be quiet. Stop talking. No one wants to hear from you, blind Bartimaeus. Just sit there and keep begging like you always do. He cried out all the more. This is an example of a man that believed. And what happened to blind Bartimaeus? His sight was restored. What happened in Nazareth? Very little few sick people here and there got healed but no great mighty works of God why because by Martimaeus was willing he believed he had hope he trusted in Jesus this savior of the world Nazareth yeah Jesus you're an all right guy I remember you when we were young you was okay go do your thing whatever man no thanks one believed and one didn't one was willing and one wasn't willing But blind Bartimaeus received his sight. Do you see that these people believed? They believed. They sought after Christ. They desired something from Christ. And they got it. They got this great, miraculous work from God. 
Because they believed, they were willing, they desired, they asked, they petitioned him. Brothers and sisters, listen to me now. The starting point for God to do mighty works in your life. The starting point for God to do mighty works in your marriage. The starting point for God to do mighty works in your family is believing that he can. That's where it starts. You first have to believe that he can. I believe that this morning. I believe it. Much different from the people of his own hometown. Do you know what Mark chapter 6 verses 1 through 6 really speaks to me? If I, and I've thought about it and I've read this over and over and I've looked through, i got a, a few study Bibles, I looked through all of them, looked at some commentary. I believe it kind of speaks to me that unbelief is dangerous. Unbelief has consequences. It has negative consequences. Unbelief will cause God to say, okay, I'll go look for someone who does believe. I'll go look for someone who is willing. And he will move on. He will move on from unbelieving Nazareth and he'll go find a blind Bartimaeus. That, that's what unbelief will do in your life individually. If you do not believe that God can heal your marriage, Heal your body. Heal this nation. He'll go find someone that does believe in who he is and believe in his power. Hebrews tells us that if we come to God, we must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. When you come to God, you have to believe that he can. You have to believe that he has power, that he's omnipotent. Omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient. He is, he can, he has the ability, he has the talents, he has the skills. When you pray, listen to me church, when you pray, believe that he can. When you read your word, believe that it's true. When you worship, believe that he inhabits it. Believe it. And listen to me, don't believe for the American things. Come on. Every church around the corner wants to believe for a bigger car. Everybody wants to believe for a bigger house or a thicker wallet or a numbers higher in your 401k. You get that stuff out of your mind. I'm not talking about believing for those things. I'm talking about believe him to change a wicked generation. Believe that he can change hard hearts. Believe that he can do miraculous things in an age of godlessness. Believe for salvations of friends and family. Believe that he will protect the church until it's time for him to call us home. Do you believe that this morning? Believe for him to be able to heal division. Believe for him to be able to expose deception. Believe in these things, church, this morning. If we can rise to our feet and call the band back. I believe, brothers and sisters, after going through this Mark chapter 6, those first six verses... I sincerely believe that these passage, this, this biblical passage this morning, it, it leaves us with two options. Really, that's, that's what I'm getting from all this. It gives us two options. Number one, be like Nazareth and don't receive anything or very little from God. Or number two, we can believe like Samaria did. We can believe like Jairus did. 
We can believe like blind Bartimaeus did. And we can receive great, mighty things from God. Amen? Let's pray and we'll worship. And these altars will be open. Father God, I believe in this word. I, I believe in your biblical truth this morning, Lord. We see it emerging this morning, Father God. Lord, your hometown rejected you and did not believe. And Lord, you didn't do hardly any works there at all, Lord. Except save a few sick folk, Lord. Lord, I believe with all my heart that you were willing to bring salvation to all of Nazareth. You were willing that entire households would come. You were willing that tens of thousands of people would be saved from Nazareth. But Lord, they didn't want to because they didn't believe. Lord, teach us this day, Lord, that unbelief is dangerous. Let us for 2023 be a believing people who believe in you, who believe in your power, Lord. Lord, we thank you for the truth this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. As we sing, these altars are open, church. Believe in Him. Believe.